Welcome to Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond. We are so glad you could join us today. The Crosstalk podcast is in pursuit of growing in our understanding of the gospel and discovering what it means to transfer to the next generation. And now, here are your hosts, Charles and Daniel. Well, over the last four weeks, we delved into the issue of parenting by grace. And now that we have completed that series, and we encourage if you haven't listened to that, to go back and to listen to those episodes in, in, in another time. Uh, but we do want to now shift and talk about motherhood and fatherhood over the next couple of weeks. We're going to start with motherhood, and then we'll shift into fatherhood the following week. But considering parenting by grace, it's natural or I should say it's a natural breakdown uh, of our previous series uh, to go into motherhood and to fatherhood. Um, so that's what we want to do. Uh, before we go in and kind of deal with our material on motherhood today, um, you and I both talked about this. We don't like to have to always qualify everything. But in our current climate and culture, even within the church, it's important to say a few things so that people understand what we're trying to communicate. Right. Um, so I think how do we qualify what we're about to say about motherhood? You want me to qualify? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there was a day when you said certain things, certain ideas, concepts, visual pictures, practical applications came to mind. Those don't necessarily happen now. They're all colored by the cultural. Right. Uh, Which in some ways, it maybe. doesn't matter what time period you're in, that's going to happen it is. on certain issues. Uh, and ours is more secular. Right. Much more secular than our forefathers knew. But, for instance, as we talk about motherhood, first of all, we, we realize that there are a lot of women. I mean, there's no way to know how many. We probably could find out with a little investigation. But there are women out there who want to get married and have a family, for some reason, are not able to find right. the guy or whatever. The Lord has not opened that door yet. Yeah, that door's not opened yet. And it may not. Right. You know. And are they any less valuable right. in, in the, the sight of God? That's right. right. Then there are those who have gotten married and want to have families, and they're perhaps infertile, right. uh, whatever, who knows. Uh, I mean, uh, so now they don't have children. They have a husband. They don't have children. They may be able to adopt. They may not be able to adopt. Yeah, and the financial means may not be there. Yeah, just whatever. may not be yeah. there. So uh, now, the the tent. The, the possibility, even the tension in that is to hedge on what we say right. because it's going to hurt their feelings. Right. Well, obviously, these are special cases. We'll talk right. a little more about special cases. That's what makes them specials are not part of the biblical norm. Well, and I, I also think um, the thing that's a struggle is is that we, we throw out biblical mandates or biblical principles based upon the mandates. Uh, of Scripture, and we're going to be dealing with from Titus 2, which is kind of the typical passage when it comes to the issue of womanhood in general. Um, you know, what does that mean? And then moving into the motherhood side of things, right. you know. Um, but I think we have to realize that we don't want to ever let the culture dictate our interpretation of Scripture, and we have to be very careful. And so, though we may have people who are listening to this now who disagree, we would invite your disagreement, and we can have a discussion about oh, it yeah. on a biblical level. But that's that's that has to be always true. Cultural norms cannot dictate Christian norms, right. biblical norms, you know. Yeah. And I think that's what we want to qualify. And so, having said that, motherhood is special. Yeah. You know, it is. Single is special. Right. You know, but motherhood is special. Scripture allocates to the woman of the home right. some really valuable 
responsibilities and specialness to her function. Okay, so let's jump into the material for today. Um, first of all, and I'm just going to give a brief overview as I always do. Um, first of all, we talk about being loving. We talk about being ladylike and then being loyal. Let's jump in and talk about being loving. A godly mother is loving. How so? Well, typically we think of... Or maybe I should say what kind of love. Right. Well, typically we think of love, we think of agape. And most of our listeners who have heard very many sermons have heard a a pastor or a preacher say, here, this kind of love is agape love. That is the highest form of love in Scripture. It's, uh, according to a, a dear friend of mine, similar to, and another writer, similar to the Old Testament, Hezed, loving kindness, steadfast love, covenant love. Uh, so, But no, that's not what that is here. Actually, it's a combination of words, and it's uh, a combination of the word phileo, which we recognize as uh, beginning the word Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, an affection, but also andras, a lover of a husband, a mm. husband lover. Mm-hmm. You know, And so... This so there's a twofold aspect of this. One, if a woman's going to have this kind of love, if she's going to be the mother of a happy, holy, you know, not to be clicheous, but a happy, holy, healthy, biblically healthy family, she needs to possess this love first of all for her husband. And a lot of people are going to say, "Well, duh, you know, <laughs> yeah, I know we're supposed to love one." I know right. that, but th- there is something significant. You know, back uh, years ago, a, a movie came out north of Alaska with John Wayne, and, and uh, there was a song written by a fellow and uh, called "North to Alaska." And in that song, he says, uh, uh, "In that song, a man needs a woman to love him all the time." Remember, Sam, a true love is so hard to find. The point of that song was that a woman's love is worth more to a man than all the gold in Alaska, huh. and. Um, in our materialistic, um, pleasure-saturated society, that might be hard to understand because men can get a woman nowadays. You know, we, right. we live in a climate where a man can have a woman without having, or vice versa. Yeah, that's exactly um, right. Well, and I think I think when you talk about the issue of love your husband, and obviously we're going to flip it on its head next week and talk about fatherhood. Right. So we're going to go that direction. Um, but when you talk about a, a woman loving her husband. I mean, let's face it. Sometimes we as dudes are not very lovable. Right. You know, there's there's certain aspects of manhood that maybe has been affected by culture That's or by true. whatever. And so we're not lovable. Okay? Is, we, even in our redeemed state, yeah. we're Christian men. In all of our attempts to be. There are times that <laughs> yeah. we're not lovable. So that's even you know and obviously Jesus deals with that with the the husband love your wife as Christ loved the church etc cetera, right. etc cetera. and then it tells women to submit so to love sometimes when we're not lovable but think about it that's kind of how Jesus treated us yeah not kind of yeah. it is yeah <laughs> you know well so i think there is biblically then here the basis for what we would call a need in men for the affection the tenderness of a woman, and yep. a woman needs to to give that. You know, we got a new woman today. She's hard. She's tough. Right. She can do karate or self defense to the best of them and blow somebody's head off and right. walk off and you know have a beer with the guys and that sort of thing. But uh, but a man needs a lover, 
He does, you know, that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Right. Uh, physically, emotionally, even spiritually. So so she needs to, we're not expanding. We're running out of time quickly. Right. We could talk about this for right. the whole time. So, uh, but um, first she needs to be a lover of her husband, and then she needs to be a lover of her household. This affection. Meaning the children, those yeah. with whom God has put in her responsibility. Well, it could our, even be people God has brought into her life that she helps care for. Exactly. In our yeah. passage, which is uh, Titus 2, verses 4 and 5, that the uh, the older women admonish the younger women to love their husbands, to mm. love their children. And so this love, while we won't go as deeply into that uh, uh, semantically uh, as far as word meaning, but still, I mean, this woman is to have a heart for her home, a heart for her children, uh, an affection for. And I think women do naturally have an affection for their children. If you look at Proverbs 31, you see that sort of expanded where uh, she gives sacrificially for Mm -hmm. the health of her home, for the happiness of her home. Well, my son is a perfect example of that because he loves his dad. I mean, as I was coming here to record this episode um today in our studio uh, he had to come outside and say bye <laughs> you know you had to wave and do right. his thing and but man when he gets hurt he wants his mom i want mommy because mom they have that and that, not the guy shouldn't strive to have this right but they have that sincere softness about them right. that children long for and need that affection that affection yeah. that they need you know, and, and the guys are it's easy to see. Too, yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, exactly. So, so she's going to have this kind of affection for her family that it is going to endear her to her family. You know, uh, what man won't stand for a woman who who's what godly man won't stand yeah, for that? Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. What what children don't sense right. from this mother, this this affection. Okay, so we're talking about being loving overall. It could mean sacrificial. It could mean toward a husband. But it, it means overall loving them with the care and the genuineness and the softness, the, the tenderness that can only in some ways come from a mother. Right. Yeah. Okay, so be loving. What about be ladylike? Now, we qualify beforehand – but I think this phrase here could send some triggers well, into listeners that I hopefully would not be bad, but I think could happen. Yeah, it could. And I think what we're trying to say here is we're not talking about cultural impositions of ladylikeness. We're talking about biblical impositions of ladylikeness. We're talking about what the Bible describes as the difference between, you know, as the French would say, vive la différence, and, and there is a, you know, Life to the difference. There, there's, there is a ladyness, mm-hmm. and there is a manliness. There's mm-hmm. a biblical manhood and a biblical womanhood that's been traced since we were created. Yes, you can see it throughout. Right. And so, how do we be lady? How does women? How does a mother be ladylike? Well, and I say, hey, this applies to people who are not mothers. True. Yeah. yeah. There's a broad application here. But Paul says that the older women are to teach the younger women to be discreet, chaste, so she, uh, home, homemakers or keepers of the home, as King James says, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemy. So we see something here of conduct, the way a woman carries and handles herself, uh, the 
the whole virtuous woman concept, which is broad and and it's it's not. We will not take the time. We don't take the time in these kind of podcasts to to fully answer all the questions that come right. up with that. But there's a, a virtue, a a discreetness, a that is not the same as the brashness, the of the of manliness. And well, and I also think that we're not condoning um, blind followership. You know, we're not condoning. I mean, if you're a a mother has children and you have a husband who is mistreating you, who is being physically abusive, that's not what we're condoning at all. We're talking about within a family context, again, the ideal godly family context of a father who's seeking the Lord and you're seeking the Lord. This is how this should fall out. Right. I I like the description one gave of this this, this, um, lady-like woman mother is uh, a serene ocean bay and not a volcano volcano ready to erupt mm. now obviously personalities come into that yep. and women have to grow in this just like men have to grow in this well and but, there may be certain personalities that need to work on certain aspects of this and others exactly if but your is, tendency is to speak too much then i mean for me my tendency is to always say my opinion so i know i have to work on not saying my opinion <laughs> and that's my personality and that's what imposes upon right. me as as we'll see next week as a man yeah, yeah. exactly now Chaste has the idea of purity, you know. Right. So, you know, she needs to be pure just as a man needs to be pure and true to her husband, and and uh, her heart beats for her husband, you know. And and so this idea of uh, she, uh, she she loves her husband, she's interested in her husband, she's interested in her children, she is uh, in her conduct. But but aside from that. And we, we'll have to stop ourselves there because there's so much could be said. But right. is is the career of a Christian lady? And, you know, we've we've come. You know, after World War II, we developed a thing where a woman was just as it was just important for a woman to seek a career as a man. That has grown to the point where there are all you know there aren't as many stay-at-home moms right. as there used to be. Well, actually, we have stay-at-home husbands now. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. This we've switched the roads. We've twisted the whole process, the whole thing. But, 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 I don't think there's any doubt. Okay, we can have the broader discussion of work, how much work, right? You know, but there's no doubt. We're talking that about primary, the primary career, right. the primary investment of a woman with her time and energies is her home. The passage actually says that the older woman should teach the younger one to be housekeepers, keepers of the home. The, the home is their domain. It's their responsibility. It doesn't and mean let's it. not let that word housekeeper be a negative connotation no, for people. Because we're talking about just simply serving your family. Well, I give you a, an I don't care if you're mopping the floor, cooking dinner, or just right. reading with your children. I mean, it is, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's kind of what we're looking at here. Well, the, um, um, there was a day, and this is just an example. I don't care whether this organization comes back or not. There was a day in high school you had uh, two organizations, one for guys, one for girls. The guy, one for guys was Future Farmers of America, FFA. Mm-hmm. One for girls was Future Homemakers of America, FHA. You don't have Future Homemakers of America anymore. It's gone. Mm-hmm. As far as I know, it's disappeared. What does that say? It says as a culture, we've said homemaking is not that, nah, it's not something you want to pursue. Right. You can do that spare time so anyway but what we're talking about is primary roles that's right primary roles 
Okay, so next is be loyal. Final is be loyal, I should say. Your commitment to the will of God. What is the will of God? Well, it says here that they're to teach the younger women to be obedient to their own husbands that the word of God may not be blasphemed. Well, that's interesting. All of this is important because if it's not followed and incorporated into, made a part of the life of the Christian woman and Christian family, God will be blasphemed. Well, now you're getting into the economy of God and how he uses certain structures and institutions which he has put in place to cause thriving and ultimately his glory and his name to be glorified. Right. And Christians, even good Christians, evangelical Christians, resist this obedient idea. But it, it, asks, it, it requires of a Christian woman to be obedient to her husband. And then her, further, her greater loyalty is not to her husband, if you mean to her Heavenly Father. That the word of God may not be blasphemed. I think, where do you get your marching orders as a mom? Where do you get your where do you get your sense of purpose as a mom? From your heavenly Father. Right. It's for His glory. God gets glory out of scripturally ordered homes, and this is a part of that scriptural ordering. So I guess we could put it like this: We're saying to be loyal to the position of your husband, to be loyal to the position of your heavenly Father. In some ways, though. If you're loyal to the position of your Heavenly Father, you're not going to have a hard time with the rest of it. Yeah, the others should fall right in the line. I mean, if you're committed to what God says in His Word, and you're saying, I want to glorify you in this, then wow, that just kind of flows. Right. Yeah. So, right. um, as Mother's Day approaches, oh, it's gone, actually. Uh, we no, do, Father's Day's coming Yeah, up. Father's Day's one. We've had a whole lot going. Yeah. So... Um, <laughs> But as we look back and it's, you know, we just left the month of Mother's Day, uh, I think it's, it's, just, it's a good time for evaluation for fathers and mothers and for mothers to say, am I living my life as a mother biblically? Is there that affection for my family that there ought to be, that biblical attachment to, that lady-likeness? Am I pursuing a lady-likeness that is biblical? And am I loyal and committed to the Word of God and the will of God as a mom? Well, and then... Unless people think we're only going to pick on the women this week, next week we're going to pick on the men and talk about fatherhood. We, so uh, we stick all have around. our responsibilities. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do. Are grateful people join us today, and we do ask that you join us next week because we're going to deal with fatherhood and we're going to put these two together and how they truly work together in harmony in the economy of God that He has placed yes. us in. Absolutely. Well, Amen. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, everyone, so much for joining us today. You can always visit us on the web at crosstalkpodcast.org. Crosstalk is produced by Vision for Living Ministries, a nonprofit organization. This podcast is a free resource, but you can support us financially through our website. For more information on Vision for Living Ministries, visit our website at visionforliving.org, where you will find more great content. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Vision for Living or on Twitter at V4L. We also love to hear from our listeners. You can email us at info at visionforliving.org. Be sure to join us next week on Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond.